Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. Uh, I'm doing this as sort of a solo episode just to kind of run you through some of the most interesting things that were seen and heard Monday. The Hawks had media day, and it's, you know, for a team that was at the bottom of the standings last season, it's a pretty exciting time to be a Hawks fan. Trey Young is going to be one of the most exciting rookies. Kent Bazemore was probably the best player on the team last season. John Collins was the most exciting player. Torian Prince was the best shooter. And then you've got big names like Vince Carter and Jeremy Lin coming in. Uh, You know, people who almost transcend the game of basketball into just general conversation and culture. So it's, it's, it's an interesting time. Uh, Let's start with Jeremy Lin. He said he feels good. He said that he has not so much low expectations, but almost no expectations for himself because he's really missed uh, the better part of the last two seasons. He said he feels good. He said he has participated in the five-on-five scrimmages, and here's what he said about them. Did you get to play in any of the five-on-five open gyms here in the last couple weeks? Yeah, I, I played in a few of them, and um, that was nice. You know, that was my uh, first time playing against NBA-level players and uh, NBA competition. I think in my rehab, I had played some contact, but sometimes it's with, you know, my trainer or other people that are just, uh, you know, where you're not designed to go 100% or go all out, but being able to get on the floor and have NBA length, size, athleticism helped. How much did you cross paths with Travis in Golden State when you were um, first in the NBA? I didn't really cross paths that much. I mean, he was there. I was there. Um, I was at the bottom of the totem pole for players, and uh, he wasn't the head GM. And so there wasn't too, too much interaction. Honestly, I don't even know. I don't even know what he thought of me in my time there, to be honest. We've never talked about it. Like, uh, Larry Riley kind of uh, cut me in. That was that. I never, there was never any type of, you know, closing conversation or anything. We haven't really spoken about it either. Um, so, yeah, I was actually kind of shocked that with the whole trade, and I was like, oh, he would, he wanted to come get me. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. It, it was just seemed, it just seemed like it came out of nowhere. You mentioned the reception that you get in China before. Do you ever like let yourself linger to the question what it would be like to actually play a full season there? Oh, I probably will. You probably will. Um, I probably will. I mean, it's not a guarantee, but obviously you have to see how your body feels. But um, that is definitely not out of the question by any means. Um, I've thought about that. and um, Look, I have a lot of family in Asia. and um, I feel like a big part of my, my responsibility is to represent Asians, and so that's definitely something I've considered. Speaking of Jeremy Lin, uh, he ties into our next guest in a couple of ways. Uh, One is this. Uh, A couple of the players, when they were referring to Jeremy Lin yesterday, called him Jay Lin, which is fine and well and a great nickname, except there's an actual Jay Lin on the roster, and I had no idea what they were talking about until they clarified it for me. So there's Jalen and Jalen. And so the other Jalen, Jalen Adams, uh, I was trying to get a feel if, you know, if he is the quote-unquote third point guard for the Hawks. And so I asked him 
how the five-on-five -five scrimmages went and whether or not he was playing on the ball. Are you playing mostly on the ball in those situations, like as a point, or you get I mean, some off the ball? It depends. You know, Coach Pierce got one of those offenses where, you know, everybody can kind of start the offense. So, you know, if you get it on the guard, gets it on the rebound, he'll, he can push it and set it up. You know, if not, I'll come back to it. So, I've, I've, it's been a healthy mix of both. Have you been up to Erie yet, like picked out a place or anything like that? I haven't been up to Erie. I've been in Atlanta the whole time. So, when I get up to Erie, I'll be excited and I just need to see what it is. What it's like. When do you do it? Like, when do, is there like... See, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've been out here, like I said, I've been out here the whole time. Uh, I know we got camp, you know, I'm taking it one day at a time. Uh, got camp tomorrow, so... I'm trying to think, like, geography, like, how close is Erie to, like, you went to St. Bonaventure's? Yeah, it's only, it's only like an hour and a half. So you uh, get some hometown fans? For sure, yeah. for sure. I'll be upset if I don't see some Bonaventure's <laughs> in, in the stands. Jalen was fun to talk to and a personable kid. And speaking of personable, the biggest personality in the room during media day was by far Dwayne Dedman. Uh, I, he's going to be one of the older and wiser players on the roster this season. And so I asked him who was helpful to him when he was a younger player. Uh, Thank you. How you feeling? Got some real questions you got. <laughs> You got a lot of young players here, looking for older guys. But when you were young, who was who was helpful to you? As a young when I was player? young, who was helpful to me? So Golden State, I was there for uh, you know a short period of time. I would say Andre Iguodala was very helpful to me there. And then uh, I went to Philly. It was a young team. And then when I went to Orlando, who was helpful with Jameer Nelson, uh, Jason Maxill, and then uh, the next year Channing Frye. So you know. It's, I had a couple of vets, man, that kind of helped me on along the road. What's Jason Maxiel doing? Jason Maxiel, he is, I don't know, last time I seen him, he was on an interview on TV or something. So, oh, no, he's big three. He's playing is the big he? three. I yeah, was going to say that, but I don't, I don't yeah. know it that well. Okay. Did he's you in the big three? You were going back and forth from Golden State to Santa Cruz when you were there, right? Yep. Did, did you cross paths with Travis a lot? Travis. Travis Schlink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Travis, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I'm like, Sorry. Travis. Yeah, we got <laughs> full names around here, full names. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. I mean, because, I mean, when I was getting my call, he was the assistant GM. Right. right? Yeah, so, I mean, I would see him all the time, yeah. So, we kind of So, you feel like him. he kind of knew your game, knew oh, yeah. from the from behind the curtain when yeah. he signed you here? Yeah, but I feel like, I feel like, yeah. I'd, I'd like to say yeah, you say that. Okay. And so, health-wise, like, how long do you project? Uh, Are they giving you any kind of timetables or anything? Like reevaluation tomorrow. Reevaluation tomorrow? Put a pin on tomorrow. Was it something where it was like a moment that it happened in training, or was it like a gradual thing where you're home at night and thinking, oh, this doesn't feel right? No, we, was, we were working out here. I rolled it, and then I kind of just kept playing on it. And then I woke up the next day, and it was swollen. I was like, we got to get this looked at. I think I mentioned it on the other episode of ATL and 29 that I did with Tyler, but, um, you know, the players come out in waves for media day, and Dwayne Dedman and John Collins were supposed to come out at the same time. I think John got caught up with some duties with the Hawks in their Facebook live stream. And so Dwayne took the opportunity to sit in John's chair and pretend to be John for a couple of minutes. But I actually got to speak with the real John Collins and I asked him about how he approaches the idea of adding weight. Is that is that something that he wants to do or is he just kind of is he just kind of trying to strengthen his body 
at the weight that it already is. You mentioned bagging big bodies before. How do you? How much do you weigh compared to this time last season? Are you trying to put on weight? Is that a goal, or are you just kind of trying to strengthen your body the way it is? Or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, if putting on weight is necessarily that way. You know, if, if it's good muscle, good strength, then sure. If not, then I'm just trying to you know be as as strong as I possibly can without messing up other aspects of my game. You know, so if that means putting on a couple pounds, so be it. If that means you know maybe slimming down and getting cut up and becoming uh, stronger in a different type of way. Uh, I'm willing to do that. Mari was saying that he saw Coach Pierce dunk. Have you seen him dunk I haven't yet? seen that. <laughs> do you want to see it? Yes. I'd love to see it. I have not seen it, so I might have to actually. That, you very you piqued my interest right there. I got to go check that out. If coach, if coach still got a little juice in the legs, man. I would expect him to. I would expect him to. Have, you know, guys like him have like one or two a week. You know what I'm saying? You come in on the right day, he'll give you one, but that's about it, you know. I expect, you know, I gotta see it first. Though. Is he hands on? Does he like jump into drills to show techniques and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. You know, coach, he, he, he can. You know, some, you know, sometimes he'll get into like the defensive stance really quick and be like, oh, okay. Well, don't, you know, don't, don't go too crazy on anybody, coach. Relax. But you know, he's, it's cool to have a coach that can, you know, he's not really going out there full speed, but he can demonstrate exactly how he wants something to be done, and we can go do it. So that's pretty cool to have a coach in the NBA to do something like that. So for sure. I also got to speak with the two players who played for their national teams this summer, one of whom was center Alex Len. What was it like? Uh, was that your first appearance with the national team in the Ukraine? It was. It was. I mean, I, I played before for the U, was it U18, I think? Or U, yeah, U16 and the U18. That, that was my first time actually playing for, for the national team, for the main one, for the main team. And you got to play a home game too? Yeah, so we beat Spain, which is like the biggest win in I've probably uh, history of the country because we never beat Spain before. And then we lost close on Montenegro. Kind of a few guys got in foul trouble, and, but we should have won that game too. Is it tricky to get the permissions to do that kind of thing? Like, do you have to go get insurance and talk to the team? Was it was it hard to get? Uh, the main thing was insurance always because the the, uh, the the country's supposed to pay, play for pay for the insurance. So if I get hurt, mm-hmm. the team's supposed to get the money back. So I think that, that that was the most important thing. But once I got the insurance, uh, I, I was and um, Travis told me he said he wanted me to play. He so I was that's all I needed. You mentioned playing in the five-on-fives, open gym and stuff for the last few weeks. What's What was, like, the biggest thing that surprised you or the thing that kind of sticks in your memory about those games? Um, Anything stand out? Uh, just maturity of the young guys, like Trey. He's, I think he's really mature for his age coming in. The way he played the game, he know, he know how to play the right way. Uh, finding the guys, you know, just not shooting a lot of... Like, I, I thought he, in the summer league, he shot a lot of, like, bad shots. I feel like he, he got better after watching film or talking to the coaches. You know, when we was playing pickup, he was making great decisions, and that's what you that's what you want to see from the from the young guys, you know. So you got to see him in summer league. You signed after? Did you sign after summer league? Yeah, yeah, but I was still so watching. You were kind of yeah, watching. Yeah, watching. You're like as a fan, just kind of <laughs> yeah. checking it all out. Yeah, I was watching. No, every year you watch all the top guys who get drafted, or like, and he was one of the guys who was there's a lot of hype around him. So yeah, I was following all the guys and. And I, I was watching him, like, I, I, I could see how good he is. He, I thought he was just taking a few shots that he shouldn't have t- took. And, but overall, he, he's going to be good. Are you shooting threes this season? Yes, sir, yeah. I've uh, been shooting a lot of corn threes, uh, a few transition ones, but I think the corn three, I feel really confident and more comfortable shooting the corn three right now. When, when Travis spoke last week, he mentioned you know, one of the reasons they brought you in was to set picks. 
yeah. you know, that, that they want to have a, a good screen setter. But on the other side of the ball, you know, what do you think is going to be sort of the preferred method of defending the pick and roll when you're in it? Is it going to be like a drop coverage or like a hedge and recover? Uh, so I've been working on, like, after we met, we met, I met with LP, he said he just wanted me you to met, work I'm on... I'm sorry, you met who? LP, coach. Oh, uh, LP, LP, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, <laughs> LP. Gotcha. yeah, so in the pick and roll, he wanted me to start high, but then just retreat, like work on my retreat back to the basket as, as fast as I can. So just retreating back and meeting guys at the, at the rim. But uh, any of those mid-range shots, we want guys to take those. But the, the guard behind is supposed to challenge them. Okay. So that, that's, that's the philosophy. So do you get to do you watch like Philadelphia and see how they use like Embiid or something to get a feel for it? Like the no, overall I mean, scheme it's, it's, or it's pretty basic? It's pretty basic. Just gotta, I just got to work on my uh, foot speed, just, you know, retreating back and then just jumping and challenging the shot. That, that, that's, that's the important thing. So when you retreat back, do you like backpedal or do you like pivot your hips and go and then yeah, it's more pivot like back? Kinda, or? It's more kind of like, like moving your feet backwards. Okay. Because you don't want to give them an angle. Because once you give an angle, they're going to cross the shoulder. Yeah, you put a shoulder <laughs> on you, and then you can't you can't get to the shot. So you kind of gotta chest them, but you gotta recruit back. You know? If you haven't noticed by now, I used the word like approximately four thousand times Monday. Uh, so it's no big surprise that I stepped all over my tongue when asking Tyler Dorsey what he thought about playing for Greece this summer. What can you tell us about uh, the Greece experiment, or experience? Oh, great experience. I got to go to Paris, Georgia, and played in Greece and Athens. So just experience those cultures and different style of basketball. And people love basketball down there, so the games were pretty wild and packed. So just a great experience overall. And we qualified for the uh, World Games next summer in China. So that's it. Looking forward to that, and um, that's going to be a great experience. Not a lot of players or people in the NBA say they can play in those games, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. But the main focus is right this coming up season for me. But you, you would want to do it if you had if the opportunity came up and the situation was right. You'd want yeah, to do definitely. The, the if the situation's right and everything's smooth, I'm definitely looking forward to going out there again. But. Um, you know, it's one thing at a time. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I asked folks on Twitter what they wanted to hear about for Media Day on the podcast, and user Jim Nacho uh, came up with a few things, including, uh, you know, what had become of the four-point line and how that was being used. Interestingly, it has been recolored for what it's worth. I don't know if they needed new tape or what but it used to be bright red and now it's a tan color but i asked tyler dorsey how that is coming to into play with the hawks in their practices when you're in the gym does this four-point line does it come into discussion how, how does it impact like what you do training or open gym or um the coaches use that for like kind of like the spacing where they want us to space but for me as a shooter i don't look at the line ever when i shoot uh, i don't pay attention to it i just I step into it. Obviously, I don't want to step on the line. I want to make right. a three-pointer. But as for me, when I shoot, I really don't look down when I shoot. So it's just all about just knowing and being confident in my footwork. But, uh, you get to, oh, sorry. Definitely, that four-point line we used all summer. You get to play with Daniel Hamilton again? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm happy he's he uh, he's here. And uh, we had a great chemistry in high school. And um, I haven't seen him and talked to him in a while, but uh, 
Yeah, I don't think that chemistry on the court has left, but uh, it's, it's good, good to get to be a teammate with him again. The most fun player to talk to on the Hawks is DeAndre Bembry, and for me, it's not even close. I know we're not supposed to have rooting interest, but I just love that kid. I want nothing but success and good health and 150 dunks for him this season. How are you feeling? Beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. That's healthy. a good. That's a good adjective. <laughs> good. It's a relief to feel like that. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got a solid, healthy month in, and I've been working out and haven't felt any type of way off of any of my injuries that I had last season. So, um, dealt with that. That 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 season is over with, and just trying to get back on the on the right on the right page this year. What kind of takeaway you you say you've been playing open gym the last few weeks? Yeah, I've been I've been here uh, I've been working out all summer. I was even traveling with the team um, this summer to both summer league um, trips, um, working out, running through the hills, couldn't breathe. Yeah, Utah. Utah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and at that point I was still not clear, and uh, you know, I was they had us outside running, and, and that was that was that was just something I was doing at the, at the time. So right. Um, after that, I got cleared and just been in the gym ever since. So I feel pretty healthy and feel like I still got better this summer. So what kind of takeaways do you get from seeing it? There's a lot of new faces. What do you, what do you take away from yeah, from the I mean, open I gym? I feel like you guys have been here longer than me. Um, I haven't well, seen We don't it get all. to see them play, though. You, yeah, you're in the we, games But with we've them. all seen them come and go. So um, I think that was the biggest thing, just seeing all the vets I was with my rookie year and then Last year, the vets ended up leaving towards the end of the year, and then this year, a whole new team. Everybody's young, and now everybody's talking like I'm the old head. <laughs> um, but um, also with uh, uh, Lynn Sanity and Vince Sanity here, um, I feel like it would be pretty good for them to help us as well. Though. Do you get the young players coming up to you asking a lot of questions? Yeah, especially Amari, because he's from Philly, and that's my boy, so we already have a Philly connection. Um, <laughs> Trey, I just always like bothering rookies, period. Because so, we don't have any older guys to just be like, do this. Because I remember when they used to tell me to do stuff. So I act like I'm one of the older guys or something like that. So I don't know, just got to bring some fun to the table. But we all are enjoying each other and, and ready to start it. When you, when I think a lot of people, when they look at the roster, they see Trey's a point guard, Jeremy's a point guard, but there's only two point guards, it looks like, on the roster. I mean, yeah. Jalen, probably kind of a point guard, too. Is that your role? Are you kind of like a, another point guard on the roster, or I are you would, more I would like to say I am, um, but I think for the most part, um, all of our wings are very, um, what would I say? All of our wings can switch in and out, like like we did last year. Um, I ran point, Bays ran point, even Torian can run point. We could put John Collins at the point if we want to. <laughs> um, um, like I was saying, one through four, I think we're very versatile and um, prepared for whatever we have to deal with. Um, but so, so what about like the defensive side of it? Do you, do you feel like you're guarding a lot of point guards too, or not? Yeah, defensive side. I think me and Bays are control. I guess the top guys for a fact because we enjoy we enjoy doing that and everybody I mean it's a, it's a team sport so um, we'll all be there to back each other if someone get beat or anything like that um, but for the most part me and Bays that know that we're, we'll probably take care of most of that, that I know I asked you this before but even like the rookies coming in looks like you know Omari was talking about how he got a dog how are your puppies and is there like a culture of 
like when the rookies come in, do you like, oh yeah, you got to get a dog? No, he asked me too. He, he he was like, yo, do you have any dogs, Dre? I'm like, yeah, I have two. Why? Like, I'm thinking about getting one. Boom, two days later. Uh. I'm like, yo, why did you do that? <laughs> like, I have people that watch my dog. Right. You know why he lives with me. Yeah. But then they, I guess he figured it out. He's grown, I guess, now. He has his own money, so he's going to do what he, what he please. But you also, if you live by yourself, you also might need a, need a pet or someone to give you some company or something like that. So I, I understand I'm a dog lover. So. My kids both went to college this year, so it's like the dogs getting extra attention. Hey, look, exactly. <laughs> and my, dogs are, my dogs are just, they're, they're too big and they're, yeah, I don't know. What's the personalities like? This is my first time having a rock robber. I always wanted one. She is so, like, calm. I'm, I'm so surprised. And my other dog, he's a mutt, and he's just the most jealous dog ever. Like, you can't touch on the couch without him being there, be able to touch on. But they enjoy each other, and I enjoy them, so. My dog gets no attention because I have two-year-old twins. So. Uh, Poor thing. Uh, <laughs> If you're wondering who that third voice was, uh, other than mine and DeAndre's, that was Rebecca Cable of Fox Sports Southeast. At one point, I was telling the both of them what happened to me when I was in Utah. The Hawks went to Utah Summer League, which, you know, like Denver, is a mile-high city. The altitude is ridiculous, and the air is thin, and there's not a lot of oxygen to go around when you're exercising. The Hawks did not practice in Salt Lake City because they practiced near their hotel, which was in Park City, Utah. And if Salt Lake City is a mile high, then Park City is probably two miles high. So for one practice, I took a bus from Salt Lake City to Park City, and it got me within a few miles of the practice facility, but then I still had to get further. There were some rental bikes there. They were electric bikes, which was good because it was a few miles of mountains in desert approximate conditions in the summer. And so a little electric assist assistance with the bike would, would, would have been great. I rented the bike. I got going. I got about a mile or two into it, and the battery died. And so I'm pedaling in the mountainside up some very steep hills, on a bike with no electric assist that probably weighs like 200 pounds. It's like trying to pedal a motorcycle through the mountains and maybe in normal conditions that would have been great except we're at an elevation of I think it's like 9,000 feet so uh, I did my best to pedal up the hill. Eventually I gave up and just got off the bike and uh, unceremoniously walked the bike to the next park docked the next docking station where they had some of the bikes left over. Uh, yeah. So anyways, the reason I bring that up is because, you know, watching Trey Young shoot today, I got to kind of watch him shoot some threes close up. That's not how he shot in Summer League. I know everybody's talking about Trey, Trey Young in Summer League, and he missed this shot, and he missed that shot, and he shot this percentage. I, I think he was a little bit out of his element. I think he... You know, he was coming off a period where he, you know, he probably went longer without any kind of five-on-five -five work on a basketball court, longer than he had at any point in his life before that because, you know, as a high draft pick, he was just doing the individual workouts. And then he gets to a situation where 
you know, all of a sudden he's in these practices with the Hawks. He's, you know, they were practicing every day and playing every night. And not just that, but, you know, they're playing the games at 5,000 feet altitude and holding the practices in the morning at 9,000 feet altitude. Uh, you know, I think in Utah, he was just a little bit flat. I think he's going to be fine. I think his shot is beautiful. Watching him shoot today, it was one of the most graceful shots I've ever seen. And especially just the wrist action on the release. It's just bananas. Uh, he is going to be a fantastic shooter. Anyways, Kevin Herter said that he has been healthy for the last month or so, and so he hasn't had any restrictions. He's been taking part in open gym just like any other of the healthy Hawks have been taking part in open gym. Uh, but, you know, we did ask him a little bit about his hand that kept him out of summer league, uh, you know, how it affected him last season, and a couple of questions about baseball. Uh, I've had no limitations now for about a month, it feels like, and so... I wouldn't say it's 100%. You know, there's still times it gets hit that it bothers me for a couple minutes, but you know, it's nothing that will affect me going forward. So it's all good. Do you want to throw out a first pitch at a, at a Braves game? For sure, I'd definitely <laughs> like to throw out a first pitch. <laughs> Are you asking for like the radar gun and the full treatment, or just, just kind of hope uh, to throw a strike? Yeah, I may have to warm up a little bit for those type of things, so I just try to throw a strike, not embarrass myself. <laughs> you. Uh, I forget who said it, but you, you had the pinky injury through the season last year. How much yeah. did that like affect you like during the season? So I did it last year later in conference play at a game at Northwestern. I think it was in February. And so I think it really kind of affected me more just as much mentally as it did physically. Just I was always thinking about it. It wasn't like you know, I was down about how I was playing or you know, how our season was going. I think it was just when I was on the court, it hurt and it just bothered me and I was thinking about it. So I wasn't playing and being as aggressive as I could have been. And um, just kind of was, I knew it was something I had to play through at the time. We didn't know it was torn. I just thought it was a jammed or kind of sprained, messed up finger. And so, as a basketball player, you learn to play those three types of those types of injuries. And uh, but I was just always thinking about it. I just knew it wasn't right. So when did you find out like the real diagnosis? Like, so I had, so I had to get a second opinion actually um, to get the surgery. But I had. The season ended. I played with. I really stopped practicing. I'd only play in the games and uh, would tape it at different times throughout the day and just try to get you know, movement, mobility back. And then uh, saw doctors in Maryland that just recommended I didn't get surgery and that I had to let it rest and go through the draft process kind of with it. And um, kind of did that. A month or two went by. I was still shaking people's hands and it hurt to shake someone's hand. And so. Uh, once I signed with my agent, he knew it was still bothering me. So he's like, all right, let's get a second opinion. And the new doctor would heavily recommended surgery and that it should have been done you know, a couple months prior. But um, I think if I had gotten it originally and uh, you know, the first opinion wasn't in line with the second, I don't know if I'd be sitting here. I'd probably be back at Maryland just because I wouldn't have been able to go through the draft process. So uh, in a way, everything worked out. Are you, do you talk about training plans in terms of like bulking up and stuff, or have, would, have they laid anything like that out for you, the team? Um, I think just in, you know, kind of continuing what I was doing in college. Uh, you know, I went into college just as an effort to get stronger, put on weight, and um, you know, just be able to compete at that level. And obviously, this is a jump from the college level, but kind of continuing on the same thing, eating the right things, drinking protein shakes, doing that whole spiel uh you know getting extra workouts in which i've been doing and so 
It's really a process. Everyone kind of talks about how long the season is, so you can't really kill yourself. It's got to just be a slow process. So I think the first couple of years I'll, I'll make strides. A lot of young players in the NBA, a lot of tall young players, so sometimes I ask them, you know, have, are you still growing? Like, is your height plateaued to a point where you're like, okay, I'm probably done growing? Or I'm not sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I grew a couple inches my senior year in high school. I think I've probably grown half an inch or maybe close to an inch even since entering college. And so I really have no idea. Uh, you know, hopefully I keep growing. Maybe someday I get to, you know, like a 6'10 kid. It's like a 6'10 wing, but... Uh, I'm not sure I'll take anything I can get. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. We talked to Kent Bazemore about his off-season training. At the media sessions at the end of last season, Bazemore said that he wanted to bulk up in the upper body, especially around his shoulders, so that he could finish better around the rim. I think it's interesting that in his response yesterday, he brought up the fact that the biggest hurdle for accomplishing his off-season goals and what made it success, successful was you know, his mental strength. You know, he keeps coming back to the mental side of, of what it takes to be successful in the off-season. When we were here a couple months ago, you said you wanted to get stronger in the shoulders. You thought that would help you finish around the rim and stuff like that. How did the off-season go in that regard? Oh, man, I, I had a... I had an amazing summer, man. Um, basically, woke up every day at 6 a.m. Um, during the week, work out from 8:30 to 10. Uh, upper body, uh, core, shoulder stuff. Then uh, footwork and agility from 10:15 to 11:30. Um, and then you know do that four days a week. You know leg day, uh, Tuesday, Thursday. And then towards the end of the summer, it was. Uh, those two workouts uh, ended at 11.30, and I come here at 12 to about 2 and play. So uh, I think overall, like mentally, uh, my ability to, to stay focused, and, 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 and then some days I would play at team after all of that. So <laughs> I was, I mean, I'm a machine right now mentally. Like I've just you know, been able to just break through wall after wall after wall. Uh, even the days where I didn't feel uh, like I wanted to do anything, I was able to push through. And I, I think that really simulates you know NBA season you know having a game on the road not feeling your best but how well can you bring it up top and that's what I focused on all summer is just you know the mind uh, just trying to get the mind and the body back on the same page because you know the mind can be there but the body isn't and it don't you know, really matter so uh, just trying to get that get those guys back in back in sync and uh, I think I did just that put on uh, it was 194 to end the season. Now I'm up to 203. So uh, my legs are strong. I'm playing above the rim in September. So it's going to be a great year, man. So when, you, when you're squeezing that twilight golf, is it like cart to kind of get it all in before dark? Or are you like walking? Well, no. So, I mean, you, you leave here. You get out of here about 2, 2.30. Okay. And, you know, in the summer it gets dark pretty late. So we tee off around 4. Um, you know, I broke 80 for the first time this summer. Uh having a lot of birdie opportunities out there. And golf kind of serves as my, my cross training. Uh, you know, just more mental cardio, just holding it together. Even though your legs are a little weary, you may be a little sore, you know, from the from the bench press you did. But how well can you hold it together? There's no excuse. You chose to tee it up, and you got to make the best of it. So when you're... Last one, please. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. You were here. Uh, 
so the NBA is enforcing the new shoe policy this year with teams being able to wear whatever color they want to despite yep. the colors, what their coordinates. Do you think this is a good thing for the league or for the players? And is this something that you will experiment with? Well, yeah, I think I think it's good for the league. Uh, I'm not, I mean, I love Under Armour to death, and, you know, they take really good care of me. Uh, but there are some guys out there that, you know, really like the, the customization part of, of the shoe game, and I think they really get them a chance to express themselves. Uh, I know Under Armour is going to send me some some crazy stuff. I, I mean, I've, I've been talking to my guys already, but uh, there's some guys that, you know, that love fashion. Like, you look at a Russell Westbrook, who's at, you know, some of the, the best fashion shows in the world. Uh, a lot of the guys, uh, I saw Victor Oladipo and Tim Hardaway, all those guys go to these fashion shows. Uh, they love all these, you know, Louis Vuitton. So I'm sure you see some cool stuff out there, some cool collabs, and uh, just another way for guys to express themselves. I'm on the Omari Spellman bandwagon. If you want to ride shotgun next to me, you can, but I'm the driver. Uh, we talked to him a little bit about, you know, what it's going to take for him to adjust in the NBA, both on the court but also off. I would say it's almost more helpful to have a guy like Vince here that I can go to and talk to and um, just pick his brain whenever something, something I don't understand or something I'm struggling with. He's been a great help for as long as he's been here. So um, I would say that's what I'm most appreciative of. Uh, this is going to be an adjustment. I know he just told me, he's just helped me in so many ways with our offense and our defense. Just um, learning ways I can be effective on both ends of the floor and things that he sees that, you know, I wouldn't even think of. He's been in the league as long as I've been alive. So um, it's just a lot that he knows I can learn from. Another season obviously hasn't started yet. What's been the biggest adjustment from coming from Illinois to have my own house. Have a dog, have a car. I would say those are the biggest adjustments. Villanova, um, in terms of work ethic, um, camaraderie, professionalism, things of that nature, very tight knit and very well ran. So um, some things went. It's hard for me to adjust to. I think more so outside of basketball, it was harder for me to adjust to being a real time adult. What's the dog's name? Millie. Millie. Girl. My little baby. Any significance of her name? Millie Rock. Okay. I'm gonna get a boy dog named Rock soon. <laughs> Are you gonna like live with family this year? You just kind of live on your own? Oh, uh, right now I live alone. Um, I don't know. Maybe at some point, maybe family will come out. Um, I really don't know yet. I haven't really gave much thought to it. I've been focused on trying to be right on the court and um, having some staying power. With the injury, was it like something that happened in a moment, or was it like gradual and you got home and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel right? With the shin? Yeah. Um, we were playing, and, um, you know, me trying to be all tough. It don't hurt. I'm good. And then we got the MRI, and they were like, oh, it's a bit inflamed. We're going to have to sit you down. And me, um, being how I am, I was just like, you know, it's a shin. I'll be okay. And it's like, nah, sit down. So we're just taking it step by step and just trying to gradually bring me back. A couple months ago, Coach was talking about you doing the beep test. Mm -hmm. uh, he said you dove across the finish line. Villanova. That's that's Villanova, Villanova thing. Um, it's something that I definitely wouldn't have done prior to going to Villanova. Um, I think that culture there has helped me in terms of work ethic and um, just competitive nature. Um, I didn't want to stop until I won. So um, I think it was me and Trey. We were at 35. Uh, Trey stopped. And I was like, all right, 
this is the last one. As long as I win, I'm good. Um, so I ran it, and just to, you know, win in Villanova fashion, I dove to win. So that was, that's the story. This team is good in my book because <laughs> I'm a media member and they're going to be fun to cover. They are chock full of players who think about the questions that they're being asked and come up with interesting answers. So it's a win for me. I have no idea how many win games they'll win, but uh, in terms of covering the team, it's, it's, it's an ideal situation. Uh, we started with Jeremy Lin. Let's go back to him one more time and end with him. So we'll close out with this one. He was asked by one of the members of the media scrum whether or not he had a chip on his shoulder going into the season. Um, I'm a, I'm an Asian playing basketball in America, and I'm a middle child, so I don't think the chip on my shoulder will ever go away. Um, I think this is a middle child thing. Um, but I think I would say the chip maybe. The, the, it, it's different. Um, like, as I get older, I feel like I have a deeper purpose for why I play. Um, it's not so much about myself and earning the respect or be feeling like, you know, oh, I, I got to prove that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to come back strong or I'm underrated or whatever. There's something bigger for me. A lot of it goes back to my faith. A lot of it goes back to representing Asians, um, Asian Americans, and a lot of things that I stand for um, or that I feel like are part of my story uh, and the values that I believe in, those are the things that I care a lot about and those are things that I want to do. I want to have greater influence beyond just, you know, um, maybe scoring 20 points today or something like that, which was maybe uh, something that the younger version of me just cared about.